welcome to Stepping Off Now, a podcast about how to live your creative best life. My name is Kendra. I'm a social scientist and a writer. I spent decades feeling creatively unfulfilled while I pursued conventional life choices, and this culminated in a really bad experience of burnout that took me years to recover from. So what I share in this podcast is what I've learned about using creativity to live a better life, feel happier, and manage my mental health. My hope is that other struggling creatives out there will find inspiration and solace here. You can find more on KendraPatterson.com. And now on to the show. So that was me just testing out a possible new intro to this podcast. As I mentioned in my last episode, I'm working a little bit with some rebranding behind the scenes that I'm going to roll out over the next couple of weeks. And I've realized that I need something at the beginning of the podcast that gives new listeners an idea of what this is all about. I'm probably going to set that to some music and have it be just a like a standard intro that I tack on to the beginning of all episodes, but I thought I would practice it a little bit first. <laughs> As I like to do, I'm all about sharing my process. As you know, it's all about process. It's all about journey. Okay, so today's topic is one that I was actually inspired to do by a patron, patron Donna, who occasionally sends me really excellent links about writing and creativity. And a recent one got me thinking about this topic, which I was already thinking about before, but it got me thinking even more about it. So you know how it goes with me, whatever I happen to be thinking about, and that's at the top of my mind, that's usually what I end up doing an episode on, because that's usually what I'm finding most inspiring in the moment. And to me, that's how creativity works, you you go with what's inspiring you in the moment. This topic has to do with the tension between doing art the way you want to do it, doing art as a form of self-expression, and putting that work out into the world in front of other people's eyes, which in the particular system we live in, a capitalist system, often means having to turn your art into some kind of commercial product. And to put this into context and explain why this is something that I'm thinking about a lot lately, As you all know, because I mention it only about five times every episode these days, I'm going to be querying my novel to agents in September and seeking traditional publication. And traditional publication is about what sells. It's about what's going to make money. It's about commercializing a creative product. There's no getting around that. It's a business. And I, like many writers, really feel that tension of... I wrote this novel, and it came out this certain way, and it says what I want it to say in the way I want to say it, and maybe that's not going to be something that is commercial enough or have a broad enough appeal that it's going to make money for a traditional publishing imprint. And this is deeply frustrating, as I'm sure, regardless of what your art is, if you're putting out art out into the world, I'm sure that you've had similar feelings. It's frustrating because... Art is something of value, right? It has value beyond whether or not it can make any money, whether or not a million people love it or 10 people love it. It has value personally to the artist who makes it. 
It has value to anyone who consumes it and finds something in it, no matter how small, some little nugget of gold that makes them feel something or makes them think something, that makes them feel awe and wonder, that makes them laugh. These values aren't quantifiable, and yet our system forces us to quantify the value of our art through commercializing it in a way that's going to make money because that's how we mainly value things in our system. That's the engine of the system, is consumption through spending money. This episode is not going to be about the evils of capitalism, and it's not even going to be an episode about complaining about capitalism and the constraints that it puts on artists who seek pure self-expression. I'm actually going to take a slightly different view of things today, That hopefully, regardless of what your art is, whether or not you're a fine arts painter or a writer or a musician or whatever you are, hopefully it will give you some food for thought around this tension that we feel when we're forced to deal with that juxtaposition of art as subjective experience and personal self-expression and art as a product that we may or may not be seeking to sell. But even if we're not, that is often how it will be judged, whether or not people are willing to or interested in spending money on it. When I was thinking about this the other day, and thinking about how I've had to, over the course of revising my novel this last year, really think hard about how to make it fit conventions. So fit the standard and conventional plot structure of rising action to climax and then denouement, but also how to fit the market thematically and in terms of how I write it, the writing itself, subject matter, character's voice, all of that stuff. It occurred to me that in a weird way, I'm actually grateful for those constraints that have been put on my product, on my artistic expression. And what a weird thing to suddenly realize, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty anti-consumerist, as as my longtime listeners will know. I am not a huge fan of capitalism, particularly when applied to artistic expression. And I want to stress that this doesn't mean I think we should overthrow capitalism. It just means that I am a critical thinker and able to see a lot of the problems inherent in systems, the systems that we live in, of which capitalism is just one. I have lived in China as well, so was able to apply my critical thinking there. I have to admit, I was a little shocked at myself, because I have been very antagonistic in the past about the idea of having to mold my writing for the market. So what has caused this tremendous change in my attitude over the last year? Well, here's what's happened. Over the last year since I finished the completed draft of the novel last summer and entered the workshopping and revisions phase of things, my writing and my novel have gotten a lot better through multiple passes, four or five passes and drafts through this novel. It's gotten a lot better and I'm really, really excited about that. I'm really excited about this form that I can see coalescing, the the finished product that I can see emerging from this raw material that I had. 
Now, I still don't know whether or not it has any commercial value in the eyes of traditional publishers. Maybe it doesn't. But using those standards, or at least my understanding of them, as the constraints within which I revised my novel helps me make the novel better. Now, there could have been many other types of constraints that I could have used, right? So this isn't a matter of, oh, those are the best constraints. The the commercial market constraints on art are the best ones to use. Not at all. You could use any number of constraints. But as artists, and here's the thing, here's the crux of it. We're always working within constraints. Even the fact that I chose the form of the novel as my way of expressing myself through writing, that's a constraint. That's channeling my artistic urge through constraints in order to create a product. I think that we maybe tend to imagine that the artistic process, like real creativity, quote unquote, real creativity is total freedom. And I feel like this maybe holds people back or could be a source of a block that when you sit down to do your work, when all possibilities are available, it becomes very difficult to actually express what you have inside out into the world. That's not actually what creativity is or the process of making art. It's expressing yourself through a collection of constraints that allows you to manifest what's inside into the physical outside world. So when you think about art, and let's choose Renaissance fine arts masters for this particular exercise, they were operating under a number of different systems of constraint, having to do with the materials available, having to do with the artistic techniques available, having to do with their own personal circumstances, talent, skills, opportunities, and having to do with the particular subject matter that they were commissioned to paint, which often was of a religious kind, right? And yet we look at their art and consider it to be some of the finest art ever created. And they were operating under enormous constraints, And so we are today in current times, regardless of our chosen art form. One of those constraints when it comes to writing novels is everything that's come before and the way that novels have evolved over time. This is why when you query your novel to agents, when you're seeking traditional publication, they ask you for comps, which are comparative titles to yours. And they ask you to find comps that are no more than five years old. And even that's stretching it a bit because what comps are supposed to do is give an agent an idea of where your novel fits into the market, the current market. And that's one of the most challenging things a writer has to do is find those comps because unless the only thing you read is the latest stuff, you're going to have been influenced by a number of sources that don't represent any longer what the market is interested in. This can be enormously frustrating. I want to talk about two aspects of this that I think are worth exploring. And one is possible sources for this antipathy that artists often feel around this tension I'm talking about. 
and the necessity of thinking about their own art as a business product or a commercial product if they're seeking to put it out into the world and sell it. Now, it could be that actually making money from your art isn't your primary goal. For example, when I think about traditional publication, I'm not thinking about all the money I'm going to (laughs) make. Money is the least of it. That's not my major goal, and nor is it even a secondary goal for me. But it's going to be a goal for the agent, and it's going to be a goal for the publisher, right? So I do have to think about it. I think one source of antipathy that artists can feel, this is certainly true of me, is fear. It's not so much that I hate the idea of having to mold my novel in certain ways that maybe are different from the way it originally came out, the pure self-expression form of the novel. What's really upsetting about having to think about my novel in this way is that it exacerbates the fears that I already have that I'm a shitty writer, nobody's going to like my work, nobody's going to want to invest in it, not just money, but like I said, that's not really my concern, but I would like to find advocates for my work, an agent who's willing to invest her emotional energy, her time into my work. These fears are really what cause a lot of this antipathy, I think, towards seeing art as a product that is commercial, because it's ingrained in us to see value in terms of how much money someone is willing to spend or how many resources implicated in money, like that emotional energy and time. It's ingrained in us to see those as the measures of value. And if we decide that we want to seek something like, for example, traditional publication, we are putting our art basically onto the chopping block or onto the scales or in front of the judges, right? We've made that choice. And other people aren't going to see what that meant to us when we were creating it. They're not going to see that part. They're going to see the the tip of the iceberg, the part that is visible and physical in the world that you have made the choice to put in front of other people's eyes, which is the least of it for artists. Because the whole reason we create is the creative process, the our creative practice. But that's not what is going to be sold. That's almost like a cognitive dissonance. And it's extremely painful to be judged on the product of a process that was joyful and to suddenly have people telling you it's, quote, not worth investing in. Because that feels like a rejection of you, your life, your soul, (laughs) your humanity, even when you know it's not, still feels that way. So I think that that fear, which is a completely legitimate fear, is part of what underlies antipathy towards making a product commercial or commercial-ish. It's the insecurity of feeling like maybe you're not good enough, that you're never going to be good enough, that nobody wants to listen to your ideas, nobody wants to engage with your art. Maybe you're just irrelevant. Maybe it's all meaningless. (laughs) I can go down that existential wormhole at a drop of a hat. So that's the first thing. The second thing I think is worth examining around this tension that artists feel is about how this type of constraint can actually inform and 
and rich creative practice. That seems like an odd thing to say because I think a lot of artists view commercializing their work as a capitulation. But I can tell you over the past year, which has, in terms of my creative practice, been a glorious and joyful year because I've maintained interest in my project and felt excited about it and have been able to work consistently and persistently over time, which in my view, all of these things are what creative life is about. Having these constraints put on me, this eventual goal that I have in my mind hovering over me of seeking traditional publication, it's given me a reason to continue to work on my novel. It's given me the framework, I guess you could call it, of my continued creative practice over the last year. And I'm really grateful for that. It's surprising as heck to me that I would feel this way. And this is why I thought it was worth sharing my thoughts about this, because I've never heard anyone else talk about this tension between artistic expression and creating products that are commercial like this. I expect there are people out there talking about it like this, and I just haven't run across their work, but it's a different kind of perspective that I thought was worth sharing. And I think that seeing things this way and and seeing the attempt to mold your artistic expression into something that is possibly more commercial, seeing it not as a capitulation, but as a way of channeling your energy, just channeling it in a particular direction, and as a way of encouraging yourself to continue working on your art persistently and consistently over time, might be helpful for people who are struggling, as I have and as I do, with this cognitive dissonance that arises between art as a subjective, personal, beautiful and joyful experience that you have mostly privately, and the need that many of us feel to put our art out into the world in one way or another. That that doesn't have to be attention necessarily. You see what I'm saying? That there may actually be a positive and constructive way to reconcile those two urges, that juxtaposition. One final thing I want to touch on is that, as I mentioned in the beginning, commercial restraints or market restraints, or constraints rather, aren't the only system of constraints that can work this way for you, that can be constructive in helping you channel your art and helping you seek improvement of it over time. And maybe those constraints aren't the ones that you want to work with. But it's worth considering, just in a general sense, that having perhaps stricter constraints than you would have thought is useful or constructive might be something that can actually help you on your creative journey going forward. Let me give you some examples of other types of systems of constraint that you could think about. One could be the mode or format of expression. So... I'm pretty set on writing novels, and that works for me, and I'm happy with that. But there are a lot of other ways that you can write and put writing out into the world. There are a lot of other ways that you could channel that urge to write through blogging or through making videos on TikTok or joining Wattpad, which is a social storytelling platform that I am not a part of, but am aware of and 
think sounds pretty interesting. So there can be constraints on form that you could make work for you. Constraints on subject matter. This is kind of a big one because I know a lot of writers who they're writing what they want to write and what feels good for them to write and what they're interested in, but it's really not what the market is interested in. And this is really painful and frustrating. But I do think that within your writing, there are probably kernels of things that if you expanded on them, might become something that the market could be interested in. And of course, this only matters if your ultimate goal is to seek traditional publication, which many people, it's not their goal. But I'm just giving this as an example of a type of way of using constraints for you rather than letting them work against you. I've found that I much prefer to be positive and constructive in my encounter with the business side of writing novels than to feel angry and insecure and bitter because I'm worrying that no one's going to like my work and I'm annoyed that I have to change it to fit convention. I don't think that doing that is a capitulation, that it can function to take you to the next level. And seeing these types of conventions as just another type of constraint, system of constraints among many different types helps with that. So those are my thoughts. Thank you for being here today and spending this time with me. And hopefully something I've said today is food for thought and helps you on your own creative journey and in living your creative best life. Please share my podcast with anyone you think may be interested in it. If you know people who need to hear what I have to say, thank you so much. And I will see you next Friday. 